What's up guys? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So how is your week going? Hopefully you guys are taking care of yourselves, taking care of your physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, mental health. Um, you know, taking care of your hobbies and your goals and your dreams and uh, taking care of your loved ones and continuing to question the universe around you. Um, this past week I spent a little time following up on some hobbies that I've been neglecting, like drawing uh, and artwork and uh, even a little bit of painting. And uh, I just, you know, remember being a kid and engaging in that and, and finding awe and wonder and a sense of real purpose and pride, you know, in making artwork, uh, making something nice and making something that people appreciated, you know. And we could talk about, um, and that's why I make this podcast as well. You know, something that makes me feel good up, that I've created, um, something that makes me feel like it's worthwhile endeavor, uh, something that hopefully brings a new twist to maybe some old tales, um, and brings you entertainment and brings you something to talk about, um, you know, it's been about a week since I've been able to record. Uh, I've been really busy with work, and, um, you know, when I was recording every day, I wasn't really working. <laughs> so um, now that I'm working every day, it's it's more of a challenge, but I'm, I'm trying to put things together. And as I thought about what I wanted to record about this week, I looked at many different stories, and some of those stories I'm going to do podcasts on. Some of those stories like... The legend of Phil Schneider, uh, one of the uh, geophysicists who worked on creating the Dulce base, uh, who allegedly had gotten into a, a gun battle with um, and laser battle with some tall white aliens. Uh, I thought about doing an episode on Val Valiant Thor, um, you know, the alien who uh, assisted the government from 1957 to 1960, um, who was reportedly from Venus and they're all great stories I mean and those are like top top stories and really you know when you think about those stories it should really ignite a fire in you you know in a sense of awe and wonder especially when it's the first time you've heard those stories now if you're like me you've done a lot of UFO research and you've heard these stories you know and you've probably heard a lot of the stories that I've talked about as well especially early on as I used to talk about so many very popular UFO related stories, abduction cases, so on and so forth. And then later I had to dig deeper and deeper and deeper, try to find something decent to report and something that was new to me. Um, and lately it's been challenging trying to find some newer stories. Um, I'm so familiar with some of the old stories that, you know, I, I, I want to know more. I want to learn more. I want to, I want to, you know, be able to grasp more and bring that to you. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I came across a letter in an email, well, not an email, on, on the internet, um, that was written to a friend from an individual who reported that he was able to go into a military base and see some alien craft being worked on by some scientists from the, the U.S., Okay, so this article comes to us from the Obscurantis. 
Gazette.com. And it's an article about Gerald Light. So this individual, Mr. Light, claims that he traveled to, with several witnesses to Muroc slash Edwards Air Force Base on April 15, 1954, to examine five spacecraft. So this letter is to his friend, Mead Lane, and Gerald even puts his address here and, and that he lives in Los Angeles, California, so he wrote it with the normal uh, style format of writing a letter with his name, address, and then city and state. Um, so in this, in this letter, he states that, My dear friends, I have just returned from Muroc. The report is true, devastatingly true. I made the journey in company with Franklin Allen of Hearst Papers and Edward Norse of the Brookings Institute. Interestingly enough, the Brookings Institute did that study on whether or not the human population could handle the news of aliens being true. Uh, and then he also states he was there with Bishop McIntyre of Los Angeles. Um, and then it also states confidential names for the present, please. So... <clears throat> Moving forward, it states, When we were allowed to enter the restricted section, after about six hours in which we were checked on every possible item, event, incident, and aspect of our personal and public lives, I had the distinct feeling that the world had come to an end with fantastic realism. For I have never seen so many human beings in a state of complete collapse and confusion as they realized that their own world had indeed ended with such finality as to beggar description. The reality of the other plane, quote-unquote, aeroforms, apparently he's referring to alien aircraft there, is now and forever removed from the realms of speculation and made a rather painful part of consciousness as every responsible scientific and political group. Uh, so during my two days visit, I saw five separate and distinct aircraft being studied and handled by our Air Force officials with the assistance and permission of the Aetherians. So he's actually referencing an alien species, the Aetherians. That's interesting. I've never heard of any alien species being referred to as the Aetherians. However, Val Valiant Thor, uh, in his story, um, and in the book Stranger in the Pentagon, written by uh, Mr. Strange himself, states that um, the Venusians, the folks from Venus, not only travel um, with their physical bodies, but they can also travel with their ethereal bodies like a subspace body or like we would refer to as our spirit or our soul. Um, so if these folks that Mr. Light saw at the uh, Muroc Edwards Air Force Base were similar to the Venusians, they could pot potentially have uh, ethereal or spirit-like foreign bodies. That's just my theory on this particular story. Nonetheless, moving forward in the actual article, it states, I have no words to express my reactions. It has finally happened. It is now a matter of history. President Eisenhower, as you may already know, was spirited over to Muroc one night during his visit to Palm Springs recently, and it is my conviction that he will ignore the terrific conflict between the various authorities and go directly to the people via radio and television. That's what people used to think about Eisenhower because he was out of the military, right? General in the military, as far as I'm aware. Um, I think he was, I think he was Air Force. He might have been Marines, but um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, folks really thought Eisenhower was going to come out with it. Eisenhower was the one that said we need to watch out for the military-industrial complex that they were taking over. So a lot of people had faith in him to be able to speak, but apparently even he wasn't able to speak out. So um, he states that in, in this article, Mr. Light continues, he says, From what I could gather, an official statement to the country is being prepared for delivery about the middle of May. Well, that didn't happen. I will leave it to your own excellent powers of deduction to construct a fitting picture of the mental and emotional pandemonium that is now shattering the consciousness of hundreds of our scientific authorities and all the pundits of the various specialized knowledges that make up our current physics. So Mr. Light is basically describing the entire area that he visited of Edwards Air Force Base as being utter pandemonium and scientists basically like bashing their heads into into the wall trying to figure out how these craft work. Now this is 54, right, is what we said? So this is early on in the, you know, the, the alien aircraft crash uh, phenomenon where folks were, you know, the military was able to gobble up some of these crashed aircraft and study them. You know, I mean, if... If indeed Roswell was the first time we were able to actually capture a craft and take it into one of our bases, um, then, you know, that would have been 47, and we're talking about 54 here, so that's only seven years into the phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, you know, they would still be in its infancy. So moving forward in this article, uh, he states that, in some instances, I could not stifle a wave of pity that arose in my own being as I watched the pathetic bewilderment of of our rather brilliant brains struggling to make some sort of rational explanation which would enable them to retain their familiar theories and concepts. And I thanked my own destiny for having long ago pushed me into the metaphysical woods and compelled me to find a way out. To watch such strong minds cringe before totally irreconcilable aspects of science, quote-unquote, is not a pleasant thing. I had forgotten how commonplace things as dematerialization of solid objects had become to my own mind. See, that Mr. Light was very familiar with the paranormal uh, and metaphysical world. He, he had done a lot of um, astral travel, you know, remote viewing and that kind of thing, so he's very familiar with this field, yet apparently he was witnessing all these scientists and their knowledge of the world crumble. See, when scientists who only rely on science as their one and only methodology of understanding the world have their science crumble in front of them, they are going to have a massive meltdown. Much like if folks who only believed in one aspect of humanity, right? Like, let's say they only believe that humans exist, and that's it. We're the only ones. If they believe in some sort of religious uh, belief or, you know, just dogmatic belief about humans being the only living species, uh, you know, of, of higher consciousness uh, in the universe, and then the aliens came down, they would have a massive meltdown. So, I like this article. Um, I don't know why he was there, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, what kind of protocols they were under to even be in in an area that was working on aircraft where Mr. Light apparently seems to be a specialist in the metaphysical field. I could see him being part of the government in one aspect, like 
you know, the remote viewers or, you know, Project Stargate and Scandate, all the folks that were involved in paranormal psychic spying, that kind of field. But why the heck was he down here in this, uh, in this base where they're working on physical aircraft? It just doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense to me. Um, unless he was down there to, you know, use his uh, specialty to gain some knowledge um, from the metaphysical, from you know, maybe being around these craft and, and gaining some knowledge or in intelligence from being around the craft physically. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, even even as I say it, it doesn't make sense as to why they would need them to be near the craft. Most re remote viewers are able to remote view from anywhere. That's why I call it remote viewing. They can remote view the past, present, future. Uh, so... You know, there you have it. Um, but what was really interesting to me on a, another note about this article is just the overall mental condition about understanding UFO phenomenon and having it come into your consciousness, you know, is it's like it's almost that, you know, we can, as humans, we can only handle so much. And, we you know, if that, if our realm of understanding gets broken that we simply wouldn't be able to handle that and it's interesting because they had a member of the Brookings Institute there according to Mr. Light if the story is true or not he states one of the members of the Brookings Institute was there so it just feeds right into what we're talking about here is that when the Brookings Institute came out with their study they stated that humans in general uh, as a as a group, just would not be able to handle the thought of uh, aliens in general. That we would just have mental breakdowns. Our religion, uh, you know, dogma would just you know fall apart. Our economies would be trashed, and you know, civilization as we know it would cease to exist. You and I know, as ufologists, that's just ridiculous, right? I mean, let's just say they they came out and said that there's aliens today. Well, that means there was aliens yesterday and the day before and like or that. And we weren't crushed or enslaved or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, it just goes to show you that they're keeping these secrets for no reason. And it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating for all of us. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of at that standstill where it's like, you know, how much do we do we need to be, you know, babied here and you know, how much do we, can we know? Well, the truth of the matter is it's, it's information on a need to know basis and we don't need to know. And to a degree, I can understand where the government's coming from. I could say, yeah, I understand. They don't want to freak people out because let's, let's face it. They have folks in the military and in, in the science community as Mr. Light has just described some of the most brilliant minds simply breaking down, not even just from the alien factor, but from just from the psych, uh, the, the science aspect, that their understanding of science has broken down. Maybe their understanding of time has broken down. Maybe their understanding of life as we know it has broken down, and that's okay. Because you know what? The more that we learn, the, the further we grow, right? So, I mean... You know, a, a seed can only grow when it's planted in darkness, when it's planted in the soil. Sometimes we have to muddle through 
to grow, to become, you know, the butterfly that we're supposed to be. So yeah, there's going to be times where people have breakdowns, people have uh, thought processes that are just destroyed, but we grow out of that. We grow out of that. And, And the only way that the human species can grow to become part of the international or the uh, intergalactic federation is to, first of all, know that the galactic federation even exists. How can we move into uh, an organization or move towards an organization if you don't even know it exists? That's like saying, hey, you know what? I wish humanity would go to college, but we're not going to tell them about college. doesn't make much sense, does it? If we're going to grow spiritually, go to a quote-unquote college or a, a, a place of higher knowledge, we have to know about it. We have to know that aliens is, uh, exist and we have to have a government that's willing to do that. So one of the story, one of the aspects about the Val, Val Valiant Thor uh, story is that he came to discuss what it would take for Earth and uh, Earthlings to make it into the Intergalactic Federation. He said that we have to become more uh, loving, we have to care more for one another, and then he set an entire guideline, basically, uh, to Eisenhower uh, for what it would take to get Earth on track, spiritually, to become one with the Intergalactic Federation, to become qualified to participate. And Eisenhower basically took one look at it, reviewed it, saw that it included that we would have to completely change our economy, completely change our philosophy on life, completely change how we structure our days, how we how we do things in general, right, as a capitalistic society um, and a society that's really just focused on the self, um, that we would have to become selfless and that we would have to um, basically put what they call 51% or more of ourselves into others. That's the magic number, is that if you put more than 51%, it's, it's a law, it's, it's, a, it's a universal law that's been repeated by multiple alien species, that if you give 50, more than 51%, 51% or more, uh, to, to others, to the community, that that is what it will take to reach the spiritual level to become one with the uh, intergalactic federation and, and other alien species which makes sense because you know when it boils down to it we're not doing that and why are we not doing that because our society is not structured to do that our society is structured to keep ourselves alive that's it right that's it you and your family yeah there's community stuff out there but As a man in this society, and as a man in most other societies, what is your main purpose? To be the breadwinner, to come up, to bring money home so that you can survive. And women too. Sometimes men men stay home and the women are out there. But as a man, generally that's our role. So we would have to change our entire society to to going away from being the breadwinner for our, our family to giving ourselves to the community 
51% or more. And some people would argue and they say, well, you know, I'm working, so I am giving to the, I am giving to society. I'm just getting paid for it. And that's true to a degree. But I think what the aliens are referring to here is that giving to each other and, and taking care of each other mentally and physically versus in a business. Meaning pushing ourselves mentally, spiritually, and emotionally to be caring individuals, to be able to push our natural gifts forward and to take care of each other, to come together as opposed to being divided. And it seems like as humans, we're very good at dividing each other. I mean, right now, look at the world, right? as divided as ever over the vaccine, over coronavirus, over politics. So Val Valiant Thor gave Eisenhower these plans. Eisenhower re reviewed them and said, nope, not going to happen. Val Valiant Thor stayed on, on with Eisenhower for three years, met Nixon, his VP, and assisted in trying to get Earth into a better place. Val Valiant Thor stated that he believed he could help our government in turning things around. At the time he came, it was a bad scene. Humanity was basically crumbling. Humanity was on its way down. Look at the 50s. Look at the way, look, look at how respectful it was then. Aliens were able to see into the future. If you look at the 50s and look at how people handled themselves, the way they dressed, the way that they spoke, they handled themselves so much better. Look at now. It's a dumpster fire. Everybody's so rude to each other. Everybody's an a-hole. Everybody's a jerk. It's gotten bad, guys. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, our mindset has changed to become a little bit more accepting of people. But people are more outspoken now than ever. People were more reserved back in the 50s. People were more uh, classy. And now it's like, instead of wearing suits and ties, now we wear shirts that say, like, I'm with stupid, right? I mean, our society really hasn't exponentially grown spiritually <laughs> in many aspects. Uh, I think we've been become more accepting in some ways, Um you know, with in regards to you know religions, the way people want to live, uh, LGBTQ communities, all kinds of you know, uh, pride parades and things like that, where we've become more accepting of certain lifestyles. But at the same time, we've become less accepting of of other lifestyles. You know, um, so we, I think we're at a kind of a watershed moment. You know. It's it's bittersweet. We've gained some, we've lost some. So here we are. I wonder what Val Valiant Thor say now. I wonder if it's even worth coming back. He was here for three years and left. We have a podcast where we're talking about the acceptance of aliens, and we have a podcast where we're talking about the acceptance of, you know, different thought processes amongst humankind. And 
we also have a podcast where we're talking about the government not giving us information, not accepting that we would be able to handle that information. So what does this podcast really all revolve around? It revolves around keeping secrets and acceptance, being willing to communicate, being willing to accept certain realities, like the scientists were unable to accept the realities of working on spacecraft and science breaking down in front of them. It's about acceptance. It's about telling the truth. It's about not keeping secrets. And about making humanity better. I've come to the point as a ufologist and a UFO researcher where I've become frustrated um, more than angry, more just kind of, I don't know if it's despondent, but I'm continuing to research. I'm continuing to learn, and I hope you are too. I hope that even though we might feel kind of at a standstill sometimes as UFO researchers, that we have to push forward. It's okay to have a, a time and a moment where we don't feel like we're getting any more information, any new information. Sometimes it feels like we're not progressing as a human race and that we're not going to make it to the Alien Council, the Intergalactic Federation, or even make it as, as a species. Do you ever think about that sometimes? That's a difficult thing to think about, that our species, you know, is, is keeping so many secrets from us, from each other, that how can, how can a species survive if we're not working together towards the same goal, that we're keeping secrets, that, and the only reason to keep secrets is to gain power in one area over another. And the government has kept many, many, many secrets. It's kept secrets about alien ships, kept secrets about uh, false flag attacks. It's kept secrets about, uh, you know, its, its underground activities, uh, you know, the selling of, of drugs and, uh, and armament uh, weaponry to other, other armies, um, you know, to attack other armies, to gain political control over certain areas in the, of the world. Um, that if, if the government's kept so many secrets from us that it's hard to believe in the government, guys, and you, and you know that. And I, I struggle with that, too, because I'm such a supporter of our military and our armed forces. Uh, I have many family members that served, and, and so many are, are so disgruntled because the government has not given them what they deserve. And it's, it's the continued secrecy, and it's the lack of acceptance. So we have to continue to work towards acceptance with ourselves, and we have to continue to work towards acceptance uh, with others. Outside of, the, not talking about the government here, I'm talking about just between each other. The more that we take care of each other, the more that we love each other, the more that we take care of ourselves, the better society will be, and one day... Uh, Hopefully we'll raise the right kids that will take part in the government and unleash some of these secrets and reveal them to the public so that we can move forward. Once we have the knowledge that there are species out there that's been given to us by a government, 
I think we'll be able to grow leaps and bounds. I think we'll be able to accept our place in the universe. And I think we'll be able to make huge strides emotionally, spiritually, and physically. I think we'll live longer because our bodies will be under less stress. I think that we'll spiritually be able to grow exponentially, especially once we have some of this information that you know these other species have given us, given to our government about what happens after death. If we had proof of life after death, wouldn't you be a little bit less stressed? Probably. And if we can live less stressed lives, then we can change the world in which we live in. We can change the the way that our community and our our uh, workspaces and our uh, our economy work and function. We can change it all to make it better, to make it healthier, to make it a, a mentally more healthy place and a physically more healthy place and a, and a more emotionally healthy place. That's why I always focus on that. And when I talk to you guys about taking care of your physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, I think it's so important. Regardless of whether or not we're researching UFOs or not. But it can be a stressful situation because of the secrecy. So anyway, guys, I encourage you to continue to research. Continue to follow through on your hobbies and goals and your dreams. Take care of your loved ones. Time's precious. Time's the only, only uh, economy we can't create. We, don't, we can't make time. Unless you make time <laughs> for yourself. So take care, of your, take care of your family. Take care of your friends. Take care of yourself. Get out there and enjoy the world that we have. It's a beautiful place. Apparently, other species think so too. And get out there and enjoy some nature as the summer comes to an end here in America. Enjoy the end of the summer. Enjoy the warmth. Enjoy the sun. And enjoy yourselves. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.